0: Let me ask you, what do you consider to be your treasures? Is it your bank account, your financial portfolio? Maybe it's your home, your vehicles, the job you have. To some, it might even be your family. But what kind of treasures are you really laying up for in eternity? That is the question we're exploring. Here today on Study Verse by Verse, as Pastor Leighton Sheely takes us back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You know, so many of us miss the boat on this, don't we? We have our treasures we're laying up here and now, and pay precious little attention to the then and there. And that's what Paul is seeking to do, remind us that our lives are about the then and the there, and not the
1: here and the now. Here's Pastor Leighton.
0: With today's program.
1: The Bible says the thieves aren't getting into heaven. So theft is not going to be a problem in heaven. You will not need to lock your car, if there is such a thing, in heaven. Thieves aren't going to be there. And uh, decay and corruption came into this world because of sin, and there's not going to be any sin in heaven. So there's not going to be any decay or corruption in heaven. That means you could take all of your finest treasure and sit it out on a sidewalk in heaven and take a cruise around the universe for a few weeks and come back and your treasure would be sitting on the sidewalk exactly like it left you because there's nobody that's going to steal it. Thieves didn't make it into heaven and it's not going to rust because there's no corruption in heaven. If you want to make a safe investment, you want to make it in heaven. Now, after last Sunday's message, I had several people come up and say, Pastor, how do we lay up treasure in heaven? Jesus said we should lay up treasure in heaven, but how do we do that? And so today we're going to begin uh, exploring what the Bible's answer is to that question. Now, perhaps the first and the foremost and the most fundamental principle in laying up treasure in heaven is understanding and being fully convinced that God owns everything. And that we are merely stewards or servants who manage God's resources. And this is a theme that is all throughout Scripture. For instance, in Psalm 24.1, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its peoples belong to Him. Haggai 2.8, The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And then in this uh, book that we're studying, 1 Corinthians, in chapter 6, Paul writes, You do not belong to yourself, for God bought you with a high price. So this biblical worldview of, of, of God owning everything is contrary to the godless lies and philosophies that we are inundated with in this world. You've heard these kinds of lies. Let me tell you some. This is my money and so I can do with it whatever I want. This is my life, and so I can do with it whatever I want. This is my body, and so I can do with it whatever I want. But as a Christian, our body, our life, our money, our everything belongs to God because it was bought by God at a very high price. Specifically, the precious blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary's cross. So this body, this life, this money, nothing about me belongs to me. It really belongs to God. Now, the world would have us believe that whatever we own or whatever we successfully create, we own. But if we were to think about it, being successful in anything requires us to be in the right place at the right time with the right tools and the right materials and the right skills and health and strength and a sound mind. Now, where does all that come from? It comes from God. I'm reminded of a line from our Christmas production of Scrooge where Ebenezer declares to his clerk, God has given me no gifts, Cratchit. I have worked for everything I have. And people, even Christians, can believe that they have made themselves successful. Deuteronomy 8 gives God's people a warning against taking credit for their success. Deuteronomy 8, 17 says, He did all this so you would never say to yourself, I have achieved this wealth with my own strength and energy. Remember the Lord your God. He is the one who gives you the power to be successful. Deuteronomy 8, 17. It is God who gives us the power, the ability to be successful in whatever we do. It is God who gives us the power, the ability to acquire whatever we acquire. Ultimately... Everything belongs to God because He is the ultimate source. After one of the services this morning, I had a young man come up and said, wait a minute, I own my truck because I just paid it off. And I said, what did you pay it off with? Money. Where did you get the money? From work. Did you need health and strength to go to work? Yes. Where did the health and strength come from? God. Then ultimately, God paid for your truck. So when you leave church this morning and you get into your your car, why don't you remind yourself that it's not your car, that it really belongs to God. And when you go to your home, remind yourself that it's not really your home. It's God's home. And if you happen to go out to dinner and you pull out your wallet, remind yourself that everything in that wallet belongs to God. Because he is the one who gave you the health and the strength and the opportunity to be able to provide for yourself and your loved ones. God owns everything. We are just stewards. And this concept that God owns everything is not new. In fact, it goes back to the very beginning. In Genesis 2.15, we read, The Lord Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. I'm going to repeat that. I want you to catch this. The Lord God placed the man in the Garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. God did not give mankind ownership of the garden. God put mankind in the garden to manage it, to steward it to care for it, to protect it, to prosper it. We don't own this world. God does. And that has never changed. And so anytime we start thinking in terms of uh, like we're owners, that should be a red flag to us. Rather, we should be thinking like we are investment managers for the resources that God has entrusted to our care. There's a story of a young man who came up to Pastor John Wesley shouting, Mr. Wesley, something terrible's happened. Your house, sir, it's burned to the ground. <clears throat> Pastor Wesley paused and then calmly replied, No, no. The Lord's house burned to the ground. That means one less responsibility for me. You know, realizing that stuff, this stuff, belongs to God makes it a lot easier when circumstances require us to part with it. A few weeks back, I was sitting at lunch with a longtime friend of mine. He and I were in this church in the youth group together. I don't know, was 12 years old, 13 years old, 14 years old, something like that. And uh, I hadn't seen him in many years. He's, uh, he's been in the mission field for about 20 years. He's home now uh, dealing with some uh, family health issues. And so uh, we, we got together and we kind of caught up on, on things. And I did not know when, I was, when we were together as young people that his family was actually very wealthy and owned some of the prime real estate here on the San Francisco Peninsula. Um, he was the first Christian in his family and his parents uh, resented his conversion In fact, they told him that if he didn't recant from his profession of faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that he would be taken out of the family will and the family estate and he would lose his inheritance. Well, he chose to keep his faith, and so he lost his estate and his inheritance. Well, in the years following that decision, the family lost almost all of their fortune, but he did not lose his faith. And now nearly all of the family are Christians because of the testimony of this faithful friend of mine and experiencing the impermanence of earthly possessions. You know, he was thinking back on his life and he was realizing that he has been blessed with everything that he has needed over the years. And and so he was praying and he was asking God, God, why have you been so faithful to me? And as he was praying that prayer, a couple of memories flashed into his mind that... (coughs) Literally, he hadn't thought about in in 20 years, in decades. One memory was uh, of him giving his bicycle to the neighbor boy because the neighbor boy needed a bicycle in order to do work. And I forget what he told me what the second memory was. And it's as though as he was praying, God brought these memories of things back to him saying, because you have met the needs of others, I have met your needs. You see, God has a very special place in His heart for people in need. And He tells us we need to be attentive and pay attention to people in need. In fact, Proverbs twenty-one thirteen says, Those who shut their ears to the cries of the poor will be ignored in their own time of need. We should not ignore the cries of the poor. Isaiah wrote in chapter 58, Share your food with the hungry and give shelter to the homeless, Give clothes to those who need them and do not hide from relatives who need your help. Then your salvation will come like the dawn and your wounds will quickly heal. Your godliness will lead you forward and the glory of the Lord will protect you from behind. Then when you call, the Lord will answer, yes, I am here. He will quickly reply. In other words, if we're paying attention to the needs of those around us, God is going to be paying attention to us. And when we call upon him for help, he will quickly reply. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, When you put on a luncheon or banquet, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. When we provide for the needs of people who cannot repay us, we are storing up treasure in heaven. We are focusing in on some very practical
0: points as to how to lay up our treasures in heaven here today on Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Layton Sheely. We're out of time today. We'll close out our look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 tomorrow as we close out the week. We trust you'll join us. More practical insights as to how to lay up treasures in heaven. In the meantime, questions about the program, Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, Pastor Leighton Sheely, we invite you to visit our website, highlands.us. That's highlands.us. Until tomorrow, may God be your source of eternal treasure.